guys, welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. Uh, we are blessed to be joined by Antonio Cromarty. David, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to uh, talk with me today. I'm super excited to talk to you. I see a potential cornerback one. Uh, I can move very well, does, can play man-to-man very well. I think that he is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. He does things that are so amazing, and the competitor in him is just special. Um, I'm excited, man, and I I can't wait to get there. I think it does really fit my skill set. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about what's what's going on in NRG. Um, Pat, you want to make us feel better or feel worse or just jump right into it? It's a shit show, and it's getting worse by the day. Started off, what, last week? We're now seven days into... Nick Casario being hired as the GM and day by day, hour by hour, it gets worse and worse. Um, you know, we know Deshaun's upset. We know Cal McNair obviously, you know, didn't do his part to, or, you know, follow through on his promise to Deshaun. Um, and there's one person behind all of it. And I know Cal deserves a fair amount of blame by this. But I think uh, I think everybody in Houston knows the name Jack Easterby by now, which isn't a good thing. When you're on the operations side of football, like Jamie Roots, you're not supposed to be known to the public, especially nationwide. And so now, today, Andre Johnson, the best wide receiver in Texans history, future Hall of Famer, um, spoke his mind. You know, the guy that during his time in Houston never really said much. Um, when he did, he was, you know, honest and open about things, but he never, he never threw anybody under the bus. He was never vindictive towards anybody, regardless of how his time here ended. And, you know, even post-career, He's never had a bad thing to say about anybody. And today he stood behind Deshaun Watson and put Jack Easterby on a, on a target and for the whole world to see and rightfully so. Well, I mean, just kind of follow up on Andre Johnson a little bit for some of our, our younger viewers. Uh, Pat, you were telling us a story about what happened after the, the Inigan fight. Yeah, so everybody knows the the infamous Andre Johnson fight with Cortland Finnegan. Um, Cortland had been going at him all game, and finally Andre snapped, and punches were thrown, and you know Cortland came out on the losing end of it. Obviously, during that entire exchange and his entire walk to the locker room, Andre Johnson didn't say a single word. So for him to be angry enough to take to social media for a team that he no longer plays for, that's pretty telling. There's there's some obvious smoke behind all this. And the local media, I'm not going to name names, but they they refuse to acknowledge it. They think Jack is you know, not behind a lot of this stuff, that Jack didn't have a hand in Casario being here. 
that Jack didn't have a hand in Clowney being traded or Hopkins being traded or any of that, they're full of shit. Because he did. Well, John V, I'm just a little bit curious. Um, for all you listeners out there, John V is our Lewis, Texas unfiltered intern. She's going to kind of help us out on the shows every now and then. Uh, she's a freshman in college. Are you familiar with the Cortland Finnegan fight? Yes. Okay, so you had heard it. Okay. Um, Jordan, how are you feeling, buddy? Oh, man, John. It's the fact, it's it's the voice that this is coming from is, is the big thing. You know, we can all scream, fire used to be. We can all scream about every single move that Joke has been responsible for hurting this organization. But at the end of the day, our voice doesn't matter as much as Andre Johnson's voice. That's just complete facts. Andre Johnson is a legend, a Texans legend, and someone who Cal McNair trusts, right? He trusted him to look and seek for advice with this whole GM head coach search. So I do hope and pray that he please, please, Cal, please trust Andre Johnson when he's saying this message and sending this message to you. Because it's clear that Dre still cares about this organization. He still cares about this organization's success and Deshaun Watson. He doesn't want to see it go down in flames. None of us do either. And it's just at this point where it's, it's very emotional. It's very emotional right now. And it's our favorite team. And this is what we're passionate about. This is what we love to, to endure every single day. Talk about the Texans, man. And so I hope, I hope he gets the message. That's all I'm going to say. I hope he gets the message. Jordan, do you think Easterby is long for the Texans? I feel like... I feel like there's an end in sight. I feel like we're nearing the end. Like it has progressed to this point where it's getting the attention of so many former players. We had not gotten there before. So the fact that it's continuing to progress, it needs to get worse. Um, and if this next article that is it Mike Fisher um, is supposedly going to write, if that does come out, because I was told by James that if that comes out, it, it could be, it could spell the end for Joe to be. And if that does come out like it should, I, don't, I just don't see a world where he stays, man. I really don't. And I hope that gives faith and optimism into the Texans fans when we dearly need it. Well, there's a reason I asked Jordan first. Pat, what do you think? What do you think about Easterby? I give it... I don't think he makes it to the season. I think eventually the pressure will get to Nick. I think... And to Cal. But I think Nick be it the the smart guy that he is will realize that his job would be a lot easier and he'll have a lot less stress on his plate if he's not having to deal with Jack Easterby being in the building. Regardless of their friendship, I can give you 30 million reasons why it'll be easier for Jack to not be here. Um, you know, the Texans are not ones to shy away from spending when it comes to their coaches and their front office staff. There was a point in time where they were paying for three GMs. They were paying for Rick. And I know Rick left on for different reasons. Um, they were paying for Brian Gain. And they were paying Bill O'Brien. So they don't care. If, if there's a reason, they'll fire him. And I don't think Nick wants to have that type of trouble. And will eventually just, you know, he'll force Jack out. And John, we just... Get your thoughts. You think Jack's going to be around much longer? 
No. I mean, the guy just can't stay any, more, any, any much longer. I mean, look at the damage he's already done. A guy like him, who has a job with the National Football League team, the fact that he's become a face of an organization in a very bad way can already say so much. But it's time for him to go. It's time for Cal to put his friendship aside with Jack and say, look, buddy, you're gone. Um, but he needs to go. As a, fran- as a franchise, it's just so sad to see where we are right now. And nobody deserves this. Deshaun Watson especially does not deserve this. He does not, do, he does not need to be seeing this. So it's simple. Friendship aside, Jack needs to go. All right. Speaking of Deshaun, so multiple, multiple people have asked me, what does Pat think about Deshaun? Because <laughs> I guess Pat is just so busy at this point, he can't respond to everybody on Twitter. And I mean, obviously, it's, it's been nuts. It's been absolutely nuts. We've all seen every article out there. Pat, can you make us feel any better about Deshaun? Currently, Deshaun does not intend to ask for a trade. Deshaun wants to be here. He does not want to leave. He does not want to go to Miami. He does not want to go to the Jets. He does not want to go to the 49ers. Sure as hell doesn't want to go to the Bears. So... Deshaun Watson wants to be a Houston Texan. And there will be, if there has not already been a conversation soon between him and Nick, and they will line things out, and they'll get on the same page. Jordan, what do you think? Do you think Deshaun is going anywhere? Um, No, like Pat said, um, I don't think he's going anywhere. Right now, like, if Deshaun, Deshaun is mad, no question about it. But if he wanted out, we would have heard it by now. We would have heard it by now. He would not be in Houston. He would not be showing his face like that. He would not be, um, we would have heard it all over the news, right? Um, but I think he's showing that he's committed to Houston. He wants to be here. He's found a home here. And he's going to, he's be willing to give us a chance to work it out because I don't think he's just the type of professional that, you know, he's not going to run from a challenge at its, at its, at this point right now. He's not, he's always going to try and fight through it. And, um, you know, can it get there? Sure. Absolutely. But we're not there at that point right now. What are Deshaun's options? Like if he asked for a trade, what are his actual options? Well, if the Texans did trade Watson, they would have to absorb a salary cap charge of $22 million, and we're already projected to be more than $17 million over cap. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. The The compensation would have to be ridiculous. I think that's a good point, John V. Um, a lot of people talk about the picks you'd have to get back. A lot of people talk about the players you'd have to get back in return, but if I'm Cal and I'm forced to trade Deshaun Watson, I want money back too. I want money back for my problems. Absolutely. Give me everything. Give me the whole farm, everything possible. Um, I think it's a good point. Does he have offensive on just sitting out and not playing? If he sits out, then they can fine him $40,000 per day for every day. He skips during training camp. Um, he would also probably lose additional money if he does not report for the start of the season and if he misses games. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's the type to hold out. That's That's not in Deshaun's nature. That's just not how he's built. He's a competitor, and what he his thing is, he wants to be legendary, and he will not let his reputation be tarnished because of somebody else's wrongdoings. 
he's still going to go out there. He's still going to fight like hell. And he's still going to put it on for his teammates because he loves these guys. And these guys love him. And so he's not just going to abandon them. That's just not who Deshaun is. It, it won't happen. I mean, he says it over and over and over. He wants to be great. And here's the truth. I think his only option is to sit out for the season. And as Texans fans, you know, part of us would probably, I mean, next year would be miserable if he doesn't play. Like, first pick overall yes. miserable if he doesn't play. But at the same time, if he um, if he sits out and doesn't get hurt on a team that's that bad, and he, he doesn't accrue a contract year, I mean, we get him for six years instead of five years. Oh my God! Are people gonna are people gonna tune into the games? Be sitting out? Oh my God! I don't know if I will. Josh McGowan at quarterback. Goodness, he's gonna break his leg just running out the tunnel. Deshaun Watson is the reason people went to games and then. Yeah, no doubt. Especially at this point. I mean, and we've also kind of glanced over it, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit more. But JJ's gone. There's no way JJ is sticking around. That's the one person I'm surprised oh, hasn't spoken up yet. That's right. the one person, but I I can see why. From a business standpoint. Well, speaking of business, what do we think of Mr. Nick? You know, he came into a bad situation. I think he handled himself pretty well during his first press conference. But what do we think? Do we think we have a an actual adult in the room now? Um, I think so. Today we just put in a um, put in a request to interview Eric Bieniemy. So that means two things, right? Um, one, it means either Nick Casario reached out to them and was like, hey, we're going to um, put in a request to interview you. Or it means that Deshaun Watson's voice is being heard. Or it can mean both. Either way, it's a good thing that um, we finally put in a request to interview him. And it means Nick Casario is kind of doing his job. But um, I'm not keeping my hopes up too high, right? We have to see the results. Yeah, no, I think... One thing with Nick is he's very transparent, um, and we haven't had that yet in any GM. We haven't had somebody that was willing to go in-depth into answers um, and, and things like that. And so I, it was really refreshing. It was nice to hear somebody shut Cal up when he knew Cal was bombing his you know, his questions um, or his answers, rather. Um, and so – it was, I don't know, it was just different. It was a breath of fresh air to have Nick up there. And I think Nick is going to get a lot of heat um, because of the situation. And But I think he's the type of guy that can handle it. I like the hire. I really do. I don't like how it happened, but I like the person that they actually hired. Yeah, I think to kind of close this up, but... Um... I hear what both y'all are saying. Definitely, he's he's said all the right things. He said all the right things in his presser. Um, he hasn't made a, a crucial mistake yet, so you got that going for him, you know. Um, but for me, I'm I'm a man of of actions, kind of over words. And like John B said, like he hasn't done like let's see the results first, basically. Let's see him do more. And I think the enemy was a good start. The enemy was a good start, despite the the intentions that you can debate. What were the true intentions behind that interview? At the end of the day, it was the right decision to hire Eric Bieniemy. He should have been he should have been interviewed from the start, but at least you're finally getting there right now. And so I think that's a good start. But the, I think it's just too early to tell right now. Let's see how he does with draft. Let's see how he does with free agency, the trades, handling our own contract situations, all that stuff. Um, and then and then we'll really see what he's made out of. I wanted to caution people real quick because of 
the way their contracts are structured right now. Um, Nick is still going to be dealing with the staff that's currently here. So Bazargan, Lipfit, those guys, the scouts, everything like that will still be here through this draft. Nick doesn't get to bring his staff in unless they're currently not under contract until after the draft. So this next nine months, we kind of got to take it with a grain of salt on how things kind of operate because we may not see Nick really. And I'm not talking about coaches. So I see a lot of people saying Mike Devlin. No, he's gone. Mike Devlin will be gone. The coaching staff is gone. I'm talking about front office staff. Kind of push back a little bit where we talked about saying that he hasn't done anything yet. If nothing else, he got Cal McNair to shut up. He actually answered for Cal. He didn't let True. Cal talk. He took control of that press conference and actually stood up like a, a leader. And I mean, obviously Cal's not a leader. And if Nick actually comes into that role and I mean, that's something that's a start. It's not saying that, oh, he's going to be a great GM, but at least he's done a little something. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hear you on that. That was kind of the main, my main positive to take away from that. It's, it, it's tough coming. It's your first press conference. You don't want to just ruffle the feathers, step on the toes of, of the owner that is paying you the big bucks to be there. But clearly he put that aside. He put the emotion aside and did what's best for the organization. And I, I'm with you. That was a, that was a definitely a big positive. So from everything that he said, was there anything that kind of jumped out as concerning to y'all? I would probably just say how he handled both him and Cal handled the the Jackies to be questions. They kind of just skirted around it, you know, kind of said that, you know, yeah, he's not going to have a main role in the decision, but he'll have a role. And I think their, their ambiguity there and their willingness to kind of be wary of what you say about Jack. That's definitely, it's showing that, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire in my opinion. So that's, that's definitely the big red flag for me. What about, do y'all have any thoughts on him just referring to Deshaun as, well, that's our quarterback? Didn't say anything. He didn't fluff Deshaun up at all. Like, I was expecting him to say something like, that's like the cornerstone. That's who we're going to build around. He didn't say anything at all. He just stuck to Deshaun. That's our quarterback. No, because if you think back to what he said about JJ, when he said Deshaun, he sounded a lot more definitive because when he referred to JJ, he said, we have to do what's best for the team. There was no, we want JJ here. I admire JJ, any of that. It was, we have to do what's best for the team. So I think the writing's kind of on the wall of what's going to happen with JJ. Um, but to me, he sounded a lot more definitive when it came to Deshaun. Same with me. He seemed, um, Nick, Nick sounds like he wants Deshaun to say he's going to do everything he can. But um, again, we're just going to have to see. He can talk all he wants, but... Is he actually going to make it happen? Well, we're going to keep talking about Nick just a little bit more. Um, a report came out this week that we actually had Khan all but chosen, signed. We were writing up the contract, everything short of a signature until, you know, the snake did his snake things and we ended up with Cesario. Granted, there's a lot of people out there that think us pulling off Cesario is actually a, kind of a coup. Like this is a very good hire that will actually, that he'll be a better GM than Khan would would be jordan what are your thoughts do you think he will <sighs> for me it's it's too early to tell um i personally would have preferred omar khan over nick casario because 
he doesn't have the the Patriots label. And I know we're we're sick of saying that and sick of complaining about us being the Patriots South, but it's it's a fact. Like Bill Belichick is the shadow GM of the Patriots. And so when you have a guy who has the final say over all those decisions and you're comparing it to a guy who you actually hired, is it that different from the whole Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy argument where you don't truly know how much Eric Bieniemy is responsible for? And you do your research, you try and find articles about Nick Casserole and what he has done. And it's different than some of the other guys that I've done research for. A guy like Ed Dawes, it's very, very easy, very, very quick to find actual draft picks, to find actual trades, to find actual uh, free agents that he is credited with and responsible for. But you're not seeing that with Nick Casserole. And yes, there are a lot of, of good reports out there saying he does all these different things. He's versatile. He wears many different hats for them. He's a very valuable part of their organization. But it's the Patriots, and I just find it very hard to trust. I trust Steelers um, writers and, and kind of the stories about them and credibility about them more than I do with the Patriots. And, and maybe I've been burnt too many times, and I'm holding that against him. And maybe that's unfair. I hear you. Um, but I like Khan. I think he was he it was rumored that not rumored but it was written that he was being kind of groomed to be that next Steelers GM and and that's high praise um definitely it would be coming from people in the Steelers front office that they thought that highly of him to be groomed for it so to me that's very very important and to put a bow on it I would have loved Khan but it is what it is I was just going to point out that they're not wrong. Um, Khan is supposed to be a cap guru. Um, the fact that he was able to squeeze the contracts in that he was for this season specifically, but they were talking about it the entire time during the playoff game. Next year, that's when they, the rent comes due. Does that change your mind? Talking about um, the Steelers cap situation? Yes. Um, I think from what I've seen and what I've, I've heard from a lot of Steelers guys is that um, his ability to kind of manage that team um, with Big Ben's contract and all the other contracts that they've had to pay out. Um, they've always kind of been on that line of teetering between um, um, the salary cap, right? And so I think most of the people I've, I've read and seen from praise him for being able to put together competitive rosters. And and um, I think that's definitely a benefit to have. And I know that like he's just a specialist, whereas Nick does a whole lot of different things. But um, I think Omar had the ability to bring more guys with him from the Steelers to supplement himself. Uh, compared to what casserole has but well i mean couldn't you say the same thing for casario he could bring up he could bring in a cap specialist i mean the texans have already proven that they're going to overpay for whomever they bring in so he could go pick out a guy and like give him a record-breaking contract there are a lot more people in that Steelers front office who were getting gm interviews and who are more um kind of well respected around the league than there were for the patriots so i think i would just be more confident in those guys but he could definitely well, I mean, bring his own guy big I mean, Casario was the last man standing. Like, you've got to look at just the past couple of years, all the guys that have been hired away from the Patriots. So then he's got no, no, no one to bring with him. <laughs> he's got no buddies. <laughs> They've all been hired. <laughs> uh, Pat, what do you think? Would you have rather had Casario or Khan? Casario. And I get the, I get what Jordan's saying. Um, and I get the, the idea of Omar being able to come in and kind of fix the salary cap, and. Yeah, the, the Steelers are projected to be a little bit over the salary cap next year, but this, the Chiefs alone this year proved that that doesn't matter. Um, they had $177 to start the offseason and still locked up Deshaun or uh, Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and you know they make it work. The Steelers have always been really good about the way they structure their guys' contracts. 
Um, a lot of the guaranteed money is due year one, and then the bonuses are what spreads it out year after year after year. Um, and Pouncey and Big Ben are probably going to retire. And that clears out like, I don't know, $60, $70 million for them. Steelers will be fine next year as far as salary cap. But as far as scouting, um, drafting, things like that, Nick's done all that. Nick's coached. Nick's been on the field with the players. He's helped. He's been in practice. He's been in the meeting rooms. Nick's been everywhere. He's a, he's a Swiss Army knife when it comes to a football team. So to me, I would much rather have him just because he knows the ins and outs of what it takes to build a successful franchise. Not to say Omar doesn't, but I think Nick is just Nick has that slight edge. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the three biggest things against Nick, Easterby, that's a big two, one. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes from the Patriots, and number three is we're not excited about him because we had to listen about him for two years. Like we got the Texans have been after him for three years. Like they tried to mm-hmm. Bob McNair tried to hire him, and then we fired Gaines because we thought we were going to get him. Now we finally get him, so we're just tired. That's an old name. That's there's nothing exciting there. But I mean, Casario has a pretty hefty resume. I mean, yeah, you can nitpick all these guys, but I mean, he's he's got a pretty good resume. I mean, he, everything from working as a coach, like working with the wide receivers, a scout, actually having then still having the headset on uh, during um, play calls, like with the offensive staff, like. I mean, that's impressive. Like, he's got to understand the player side as much as the business side. And, I mean, I guess ultimately we'll see, but I don't think that he's a horrible... If it wasn't for the Jack Easterby situation, I would actually probably be very happy about Nick Casario. The problem is Easterby Easterby pissing off all the players. Uh, John V, what do you think? Uh, I'm just going to go off of what you said just because I agree with what you just said. Um, I don't think... We were mad about the Nick Casario hire. I think we were mad about the way it unfolded and how it happened, right? Um, again, just the three big things, Patriots and Jack Easterby, right? Um, basically, Nick Casario kind of knows how to do everything. He's experienced and he's learned it all, right? But he's learned it the Patriots way. And I don't think um, Houston wants to see Nick Casario as GM just because of the Patriots background and the Jack Easterby name. So in my opinion, I would rather have Omar Khan. He worked well with Kevin Colbert and he was he was with the Steelers for a very long time and he did a great job there. So to me, it was, it was like a 50-50 thing. But if I had to pick, I'm going to go with Omar Khan. Speaking of big decisions and Nick Casario's press conference, one of the comments that he said when asked about JJ is you got to take into account scheme. You got to take into account contracts and team situation. He did not make a definitive statement about JJ. We kind of talked about it for about two minutes last week. Get a little deeper thoughts out of you. Uh, Pat, do you think JJ is gone? And if you think he's gone, what should we expect in return? I honestly think it's going to come down to they try to facilitate trade trade on his behalf to a destination of his choosing. Um, but in the end, I think it boils down to the fact that no one's going to want to give up a whole lot for him. Um, I think people are going to be maybe a little disappointed in the uh, the compensation for him. But I, I think in the end, the franchise will do him right. 
and let him go to a team of his choosing, um, you know, they'll just they'll part ways. So I, I just I can't see him being on this team next year. Yeah, me neither, unfortunately. And I've I've said it before, but I think the situation to get JJ Watt to stay, everything needed to be perfect. It needed to be the perfect GM hire. It needed to be the perfect head coach hire. Jack Easterby needed to be out of this organization, and the culture, the identity needed to be shifted, like Deshaun wanted. It everything needed to be perfect to sell JJ Watt on this kind of quick turnaround to get him back into contention. Because at the end of the day, he wants to win. He's not leaving. He doesn't. There's not thoughts of him leaving Houston because he hates Houston, because he hates Deshaun Watson, right? He wants to win. That's what it is at the end of the day. He's a competitor. And it doesn't seem right now that they're able to sell him on that situation, at least from my eyes. Um, so I, I do agree with Pat that, unfortunately, he's going to be gone. And I think, you know, the best that we can hope for is, is maybe a second and a third, but likely maybe a second and a fourth or a fifth. That'd be That'd be my best bet. Is there any coach that you could see us bringing in that JJ would continue to fit their scheme? Because we've now lived with multiple defensive coordinators that have adjusted their scheme to fit JJ's skill set. Obviously, you can't do that anymore. JJ's not that player. So is there a coach out there that he still fits with that you think JJ would be excited to play for? I think the number one guy is, is hands down Robert Sala. I mean, you, number one, you know the players love him. You hear that from Lonnie Johnson and Charles Omenahu. That's their guy. They want the defensive leader. Um, I would assume J.J. Watt wants the same thing. Um, but then also just talking about football X's and O's wise, like his scheme, they run a 4-3 wide nine. You talk about it all the time, Jane, or John. That's J.J.'s bread and butter, the wide nine technique. That's where he wants to be. And so Robert Sala would put him in that position to succeed. And I think that would be his guy if I had to put money on it. We get Salah, you think JJ sticks around or you still think he's gone? Uh if if Jack Easterby's fired, then you'd you'd start to think about it, but I don't think so. Um, this is the only franchise JJ Watt has ever played for, and he's done so much for this city. Um, I just wanna also point out he's never actually said the words I want to be released or I want to trade from the Texans. Instead, he said quotes like I'm not looking to rebuild. I want to go win a championship. And neither of which the Texans, Texans are in a position to do um, as J.J. Watt is entering probably the final years of his NFL career. So, no, I don't think he's going to stay, even if we get Robert Sally, which I really don't think is going to happen at all. So, no, I honestly want J.J. Watt to leave because he deserves to win a championship, as much as I hate to say that. I don't want him to leave, but he's going to have to. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. I don't know what the compensation will be. Honestly, when Pat said a second and a, or I'm sorry, when Jordan said a second and a fourth, I was, that was actually more than I was expecting. Uh, when Pat said that we shouldn't expect that much for JJ, I'm expecting like third or a fourth round pick. Just like, that's it. And that's only it. Um, JJ, I mean, he was fine, but wasn't spectacular this past year. So I don't know. I, I, I'm scared. I don't think he'll be back. And I don't think we're going to get anything that's going to make us happy. I, I just think that a, a contender um, that is desperate for edge help um, won't just factor in kind of his age, his injuries, and, and maybe his lackluster this past year, but he'll, he'll factor, they'll factor in um, how he'll look in a better situation where he's not the only, basically the only talented guy on a defense where he'll have some help from others where he's not going to get double teamed every single play and where, you know, the leadership also that he brings to a team, if they want a defensive leader like that, that 
it also kind of raises the price tag. So I think they'd be more willing to pay, but that's just my thoughts. I'm thinking maybe like a fourth and a younger player, somebody that, you know, at a position they, they need. Um, or maybe they get, you know, a third. But I just can't see, you know, before the deadline, they had a, a tentative offer from Seattle. Um, and I want to, if I can remember properly, I think it was a second in 2022 and a third this year. Um, but then Seattle ended up going and getting uh, Dunlop from Cincinnati. And so I think that they would have gotten the best package if should they have moved them at the deadline last year. And so I think they're going to kind of regret not doing that. But uh, if it's just a, a single pick, it's probably going to be a third round. Given the fact that the new team is going to take him on, they're going to have to rework his salary, things like that. They're going to have to work to make this happen. Um, and one team that I can't see doing that, even though it makes the most sense and everyone thinks of the storyline would be the Steelers, just because there's brothers being there. But that defensive line is just way too crowded right now. And he, I just don't see him fitting there. All righty. Well, we had a lot of things actually going on today. Um, prior to, you know, the tweets, uh, the past two days, Nick Casario has actually started being the GM of the Houston Texans. He's actually been out there, um, putting in requests for coaches to talk, talk to, um, John V, do you have the list of who all we've done a request request for? Yes. So as of now, we have requested Joe Brady, Matt Eberflus, but he has turned down the interview with Texans. We have Arthur Smith, Leslie Frazier, David Cooley, and Eric Bieniemy. So what has happened with Arthur Smith? Pat, do you have any idea? I have no idea. I know he's kind of made the rounds today. He had a few interviews today. Um, I have a feeling that we'll know in the next day or two whether he's going to interview or has interviewed with them. Um, a lot of the dates have actually, all of them, have stayed quiet until it actually happened. So I think that's one thing that we need to, uh, you know, keep in mind is that when uh, Caldwell and God, I can't remember his name now, the guy from Cincinnati a couple years ago, Mark Woods. Yeah. Um, when they interviewed, it was just out of the blue announced by the team. So I think it's going to be, you know, if he does interview, they'll announce it um, and go from there. But I, I would think that that one's still on. From the uh, guys that Casario has obviously added to the list, um, including the enemy, are y'all excited about anybody? Uh, I mean, obviously the enemy, but to speak to the other two guys, not really. I mean... It is interesting. I've seen the theory floated out there. That's very interesting that Castro interviewed these two guys who've had experience working with Eric Bieniemy right before the Eric Bieniemy interview dropped. You know anything on that, Pat? Yeah, I think that that kind of makes a little sense that maybe it was just an in-depth betting process on Nick's part. Um, but we haven't seen that he's actually interviewed them yet, that he's just put in the request. But that doesn't mean that there hasn't been, you know, back channel conversation with agents and stuff like that. 
where he can get more information and and kind of make a definitive decision whether he wants to interview Eric. And so I think that all kind of just plays together. And uh, we just got to kind of see how this unfolds. But I, I like that theory. Um, and it definitely makes sense. Do you guys think, do you guys think that Eric Bimi is going to accept our request after he's seen he wasn't on the initial list? He didn't have our initial interest. Um, but now that shit's got hit the fan, now we're coming crying to him. Do you guys think he will accept the interview request? Because of Deshaun Watson. And also, remember, McNair said from the beginning he was going to hire a GM first and let the GM hire the coach. Well, now he's got the GM, and then their GM now has the power to hire the coach. It's not even the same search committee. It's not the same anything. This is all Nick Casario's doing. Regardless, the worst thing that will be possible if it's just a... If it's an interview just to make Deshaun feel better, that's trash. And I hope that that's not true i hope the casario had serious interest in the enemy the enemy has issues there's a lot of issues surrounding him however he has earned the right to be legitimately looked at as a head coaching candidate like he has so hopefully they take a look at him it's a serious look at him and then they can make their decision and keep deshaun in the loop because i think ultimately what it's going to come down to is finding the coach that hits it off deshaun in the best way possible and whether or not that's the enemy or Joe Brady or whomever else has been out there and floated around, uh, they've got to get them in the building and they got to get them talking to find out. As long as the Sean is happy, we are happy. That's that's kind of the theme, I feel. Do you guys think we'll um, put in a request to interview Robert Sala? I would think so. And I would hope. But I wouldn't put anything... You know, it's just one of those things that does... Nick's idea of who he wants line up with who Robert is. And we've heard Cal say that they want an extrovert. They want, you know, they want this guy that's going to give a speech and his guys are going to want to run through a wall for him and stuff like that. And to me, that's Robert Sala. That's not any, that's not Cully. That's not um, Leslie Frazier. Those guys are more of the professor and talking and teaching type of people. Um, Brian Dabble, Eric Bieniemy are those that guy that that Cal described. Yeah, I think also that the Texans. I think they're kind of on board with the idea of getting an offensive guy. I think that's why you see all the early interest in Joe Brady, Arthur Smith, and now Bieniemy. Um, I think they took a look at Eberflus because I know people are going to bring that up. Say, oh, he's not an offensive guy, um, but I think that's just more of a, of you know, they've seen so much of what he's done with the Colts, so it's it's definitely worth getting a look. But um, no, I don't think they're going to interview Salah either. Yeah, I think at this point, if they're going to interview Salah, it would come out. Um, just kind of is what it is because I I think that Salah and the offense that he would bring would be would be something special. But there's a couple things out there that are floating around. First off, that apparently Deshaun wants a offensive coach, that they want a coach that's offense is comparable to what they've been running. I like the sound of that. I'm not sure if I can say the next part. Um, Pat kind of alluded to it the other day on um, – so if you're listening on the Love podcast, it. Pat is pointing to the story of – or to the picture of Andre Johnson and – 
I got to sit over Watson here for the rest of the podcast. You know, they're they're at the game together right now. They're talking. So, I mean, we can all put that two and two together on that. Um, Pat, what was the other thing you said that they were looking for in a head coach? They want an extrovert. They want a guy that's going to give a speech that's going to run through a wall. Uh, no, the coach isn't going to run through a wall. The players are going to want to run through a wall for him. Um, and, you know, just, you know, they want those things. That And I think that narrows it down. That's coming from Cal. We don't know exactly what Nick wants. Um, but I think, you know, Cal obviously has said that he's going to have final say on this. So I think that kind of narrows down that list of who they're eventually going to look at. Can we talk about what you'd brought up in Slack about what Nick was looking for. I'm trying to remember. We've talked a lot over the past few days. Um, the what? The collar color. Oh, the white collar type of guy. Um, young, speaks well, but is going to be set and have a definitive process um, and know the direction that he's going in. And so, again, that I think that narrows down the list of people of who they're going to look at. And to me, that's Joe Brady, that's Robert Sala, Brian Dabble, Eric Bieniemy, Maybe yeah. Brandon Staley. Maybe. So based on their wish list of what they've said they've wanted in a coach and a guy that's a motivator, a guy that is articulate, a guy that pays attention to details, that has it's offensive minded that is going to bring an offense that it that is comparable and the way that it attacks uh defenses who do y'all think that they're going to bring in as our as our coach who's your who's your prediction at this point uh, at this point money my bet i'm going to the casino putting it in on joe brady he's the guy and y'all know i don't like to say that i don't want to say that but I think that's who it's going to be at the end of the day. You you list off all the qualities that you guys are talking about. He's young, offensive minded. He talks well, all that stuff. White collar guy. Um, and I see it. I see it with Brady a little bit. Um, do I think he's the guy to give a speech and rally the troops and create a buy-in? No, but he can grow into that. I think that's something that's a leadership quality that you know we can't always see from from behind our computer screens, but they can kind of get the sense of that in an interview. Um, and the fact that they've leaked that he killed the interview, just like they leaked that casserole killed the interview. Um, that spoke a lot to me. And I still think uh, he's their guy. It's going to be Joe Brady. Oh, definitive on that. Okay. Yes. Um, like offense. I would love to say it's going to be Eric the enemy, but um I'm going to be realistic. I don't think it's going to be Eric Bieniemy. I would love to be wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, but I just think because of his past, it's not going to sit well with um with everyone and we already put in a, in a we we put in a request to interview him so late. That's already kind of a bad sign in my opinion. So, it's going to be Brady um sadly. Pat? I have a funny feeling that it's going to be Bieniemy. And I know, I know, I, it's he's not my first choice. He's like one A, one B right now for me. Um, but, and I get that they put in the request late. Um, I know there was all this speculation that he wasn't interested um, unless the Texans wanted him. 
but I think if you get them on the phone with Nick, Nick can talk them into it. Um, and they can, you know, they can work things out and then nobody can hire him. Nobody can hire him before the Texans can interview him. So they have an advantage right now. I know they put the, inter the interview request late, but nobody can, nobody can officially hire him until he's done playing. Well, the Texans can't interview him until he's done playing. And so if, if I'm him and I have an option, I've already interviewed with five teams. What's one more interview before I accept another position? You know, what's it take? I, if I have my heart set on the Jets, let's just say he wants to go to the Jets. Um, oh, wait, they haven't fired Gase yet, have they? The Eagles. Let's say he wants to go to the Eagles, okay? What's – uh? has he? I've lost track. Okay. So say – yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so say he wants to go to the Jets. That's right, because they've already interviewed. Um, say he wants to go to the Jets, and then – at the end of it, he's like, all right, let me interview with the Texans. Let me see what they have to offer. Because who knows? Texans may blow him away. And so I think he would be doing himself a disservice by not taking the interview and not listening to Nick and not making his pitch. So I think it's going to be the enemy. Okay. Why do you think the enemy struggles in interviews? I don't think that it's that he struggles. I think that maybe he comes off as a little brash. Um, I've heard that he uses a little bit of colored language. You know, he might swear here and there. Um, but to me, that just shows passion, you know. And if, exactly. That guy, tell, that guy cusses at fans. So if, you know, you're cussing in interviews, what's the big deal? You're behind closed doors. Nobody sees it. So... I don't think that it's that he interviews bad. I think maybe he gets nervous, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't buy that narrative. Yeah, I don't either. And the one thing that I heard is um, is that he seems like he's a bit quiet in the interviews. And to, to talk to your point, Pat, like that seems like more of a nervous thing to me. Um, he's quiet in the beginning, but then he kind of opens up throughout it. And so that could be a little bit off-putting. Like your first impression, that that's everything, of course. So um but i'm with you I don't, i'm not really buying it because we're seeing a lot of mixed reviews from the same damn team we're seeing some, from the same damn team the falcons that there's some good some bad so i'm just i don't know i'm just tired of the he said she said yeah um i actually kind of agree with pat um i two days ago well actually not even two days ago last week i would have guessed it would have been brady um especially with all the smoke around it but i think a couple of things i think that deshaun's not going to give brady a fair fair shake quincy avery has already laid out all of his reasoning um, that Brady's not ready, that you can find another coach that can come out there and, and implement Brady's system and just go read Quincy Avery's tweets. I mean, it's all out there and Deshaun and him are tight. So I don't think that Brady's going to get passed, passed on by Deshaun. And I think that Casario actually had enough concern in his voice when talking about Deshaun that if Deshaun vetoes a coach, he's not going to push him. So I think that's, I think Brady's out. I could be completely wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. And the way that our coaching search is kind of going kind of slow, it's going to either be the enemy or somebody that we just haven't heard of at all. Like it's just going to be somebody surprised. Brandon Staley. 
Come on. Please send the interview. Um, with that little break, Jordan, you got your questions? I am pulling them up right here. You guys can always hit me up on Twitter at Texans underscore thoughts. You already know. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, we got a lot of questions today. We got 31 questions today. Um, definitely can't get to them all, unfortunately. But I'll answer the rest of y'all on Twitter. Let's get to this first one here from Angus Johnson. And he says, does Cal read Twitter or have one of his reps on Twitter to see what the fans think? Y'all think y'all think Cal's plugged in to Twitter? Hell Sorry, no. you, Pat. Hell no. No, I think he's lost. I don't think Hell he knows no. how to download the app. I don't think. Uh, thank you, Sinai, for the $2. Hey, you know where to find me, Texans. You know where to find me. Um, next one, our Alexis G says, do you think they wait until Eric Bieniemy is available before they hire a coach? Yeah, so basically, do they? Do we wait till the Chiefs are out of the playoffs? Uh, John, what do you think? Most likely, um, especially since I'm kind of in agreement with Pat that I think it's going to be Bieniemy, Um, just because of the way that everything's been made a huge mess. And honestly, I think if that's the one way that Jack Easterby actually saves his job, if it's Bieniemy, I forgot to bring up that point. So I think they wait unless somebody absolutely blows them out of the water. And right now there's no interview request in, so who's going to blow them out of the water? Ooh, you think EB saves Jack? Is that what you said? I think so. Oh, damn. That is I think that is the compromise that Nick Casario makes with Deshaun. I am completely pulling this out of my asset, so it may not happen. But as I kind of think about it, it's like, how would Jack save his job? How would Nick massage that? Because he seems so bonded to Jack Easterby. Hi, Eric Benamy. Interesting. Interesting. You think you think Jack would do that? Really? I, he's apparently that tone deaf already. I mean, he sits there and he talks about servant leadership and he, he's here to serve the team and all that. If he was truly bought into that, he would have already put his resignation in. I agree. This is chance at personnel if he loses this job he's not going to get another job in the nfl where he has any where he's anywhere near personnel that's why Jack or making nearly as much money or yeah or making nearly as much money that's why he's going to fight tooth and nail to keep his position that's why he already has like this is his only shot so i bet you that they will come up with some crazy compromise such as hire eric the enemy well, that's an interesting theory. I like it. Well, actually, I don't like it because I want Eric Bannon and I don't want used to be. But Joey Hudak, next question, says, how bad do you really think that locker room really is right now? Actually, you know, I'll, I'll save that one for Pat. I'll, I'll give you John V. I'll give you this next one. But um, from Jacob Quintanilla, my bad. Sorry. How does a GM slash owner trade for a head coach from another team? And what... And why or why not should the Texans do that, John B? Um, I'm not going to be the one to answer this question. <laughs> basically, basically, um, would you like the Texans to, to trade for a head coach? It's a yes and no. I'm going to be super strict with that. Um, Yes and no. That's fair. That's fair. Because um, it either end up really well or super terrible. You're not going to get something in between for that. Yeah, I've seen some people float the rumor out that we're that the Texans are trying to trade for Bill Belichick, and that would be wild to me. I don't really what? believe that happening, but 
Hey. Are you for real? <laughs> I think mm -hmm. we have crazy people coming out of the woodwork right now that are trying to tell us all sorts of things. But that that one's new. That one is definitely new to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not a fan of, of giving up any more in draft capital because they talk about like, why should we, why or why not should we trade it? Um, we're already lacking draft capital and likely take like for a guy like Bill Belichick, like they're going to want first round picks. Yeah. We're, we're already devoid of that. So I'm good. I'm good on that. But let's get to you, Pat. Joey Hudak says, how bad do you really think that locker room really is right now? I know you can't say everything, but from what you can tell us, how bad is it, Pat? It's pretty bad. <clears throat> I alluded to it last week um, on Tuesday. I said that, you know, they're on the verge of losing this locker room and they don't even have a head coach yet. Well, um, I think you saw the starts of them kind of voicing their frustrations today. Um, obviously, everybody knows about Andre's tweet, but then you start to see the retweets and likes um, across the different platforms on social media referring to that tweet. Um DJ Reader, Dwayne Brown, Jadavian Clowney, a couple former players. But then you have Justin Reed, Jordan Akins, current players showing their support for that statement. And so to me, that speaks volumes that, yes, I know they haven't come out publicly yet and said it by themselves. Um, but I'm sure behind closed doors, their voice is being heard and they're not happy. They don't. When, when your franchise quarterback is upset, um, you start to question your role with the team because if they're willing to screw him over and not listen to him and lie to him, it's a, yeah, it's a thousand times easier for them to do it to you because you're not nearly as important as he is. And, and you know, not saying that they're not important, but when you talk about like, the level of how they contribute to the team. Deshaun Watson's up here and the rest of those guys are down here and I'm not trying to talk down on them, but I just, they're not, they're not at that level yet. So. I hope, I hope everyone on the damn team likes Andre Johnson's tweet and retweets it. I want them all to say it. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I mean, if you're paying attention, it's not, it's not subtle. It It's out there. Like it's, I mean, granted, I know most of y'all have better things to do than stare at everybody's Instagram and Twitter all day, but what's come out about Jack Easterby is beyond damning. Beyond damning. That that Sports Art Illustrated article, horrible. Like criminal allegations in there. Um, I I'm I can't wait. I'm I'm checking my watch for this damn next article to come out by Mike Fisher. Um, let's get on to the next couple questions here, and then we'll we'll wrap up the show. Uh, we got one from Sad H-Town fan, and he says, do you think Joe Brady will be able to sell Watson? Basically, will you, will Joe Brady, because it's rumored that they're going to have their talk, will he be able to sell to Watson that he is the guy for the Texans' future? John, what do you think? I think if they actually have the conversation. Um, everything that I've read about Joe Brady, um, the breakdowns that I've watched of Joe Brady's offense, I think that if him and Deshaun get in the same room together, they're going to geek out together. Like, I, I think that's what's going to happen. Like, that's apparently the impact that Brady has on people. Like, he's a kid, especially in NFL coaching circles. They look at him like he's a kid, and then he starts talking, and it's just like everybody's, like, slack-jawed. 
Like, there's not a lot of guys out there that have that that touch of genius. And if he legitimately has that, okay. Granted, I still, I, I'm, I mean, I'm still a little bit afraid of going after guys that, without anything proved. Because, again, it just goes back to the Rams. Like, you talk about McVay and how much of an offensive genius he is, but they're advancing right now because of their defense. And just a well-put-together team. Like, I don't know if Brady has that eye for coordinators that McVay did. But I think that if he and, all, he and Deshaun actually sit down and talk and they just talk offense, there's a very good chance that he becomes our coach. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right, I'm going to ask this one question on my own. Do you think Do you think it's easier for we, – we talk about Jack used to be as this, this kind of master puppet master, right? And do you think it's easier for him to kind of control and manipulate a younger, more inexperienced – head coach like Joe Brady who maybe hasn't been in the, in the league for that long versus someone like in, in Eric Bieniemy who has 20 plus years of experience um you, would you guys say that it, it's easier for Easterby to kind of manipulate the younger guy I guess we'll go with you Pat yeah but I think if you have a guy like Joe Brady that seems to have his wits about him and seems to be intelligent enough that he's not going to let Jack pull a fast one on him and back him essentially back him into a corner. I don't think Joe's that type of guy. He wouldn't have gotten where he is so quickly if he was easily manipulated. So I hope you're right. I hope you're right, John V. What you think? Um. Yes. Um. I'm sure Joe Brady's seeing what's going on right now in Houston. So I'm sure he's formed his formed his own opinions and has his own thoughts and stuff. So I feel like if Jack were to try and pull a fast one on him, Joe Brady would put an end to it. And uh, the situation would escalate even more and become even more worse. So yes, he could try and do something, but I don't think Joe Brady's dumb. He'll try and stop it. Okay, okay. End with you, John, and then that's it for me on the questions. This is kind of a touchy subject, I think, because I think it matters more on the type of faith that they have, not whether or not they're Christians or not, but whether or not what what type of church that they actually go to. And I think Easterby kind of preys on that. So it's not age. It's which guy is going to listen to to his preacher and which guy lines up more so with what he is being taught to because what it sounds like from Easterby is he's ambitious and then he presents it in a way that he's always trying to help. He gets the ear of the most popular or the most powerful person in the room. And he always refers to that person as how to, how to, how do you help? How do I help? And he frames it in a very Christian manner, which I'm not going to get too deep into that, but it's whichever coach kind of buys into that, I think. And it's not necessarily age. I think it's just a question of what sort of faith they have. I think of, I mean, just for instance, if one of them strictly Roman Catholic, they're probably going to go, they're shrugging. But if somebody else goes to like the mega churches, like is a big fan of Joel Olstein, they're going to love, they're going to love Easterby. Yeah. I just bring, so you go, you finish. Uh, I was going to say, granted, I think all this negative social media and I think that the players 
impact will actually make a bigger difference than anything. Like, I think if they actually get in there and talk to the uh, to the players, I think that'll help them build walls against Easterby. Mm, that's that's a good point. That's something I haven't really thought about. But yeah, my, my whole thing was basically just the less experiences that you had, the less you know, um, the less you can kind of dictate and see like what people I can trust, you know, what qualities in, in person kind of um, show you that they could be untrustworthy or if you should want to trust them. And so I think that's just something that you you gain throughout life, seeing more, meeting and seeing more people in the NFL. But I hear y'all are coming from for sure. I, I hope, I hope he does not pull a fast one on them. I hope Joe Brady's able to shove Easterby aside and, and move on from him. But thank you all, all for the questions. I'll get to the rest of y'all on Twitter. All right. Pat, did you have anything else you wanted to share? I did. And so I, I save this for now. Um, so, but I wanted to kind of fill everybody in on how things unfolded last week. And so Sunday, they apparently had the, the offer on the table for um, Omar Khan. And Omar Khan made it known that if he was going to be hired, he was not going to retain Jack Easterby. Jack found out and called his agent. His agent, Bob Lamont, um, and Cal formulated this plan to kind of pull a fast one on, on Cal. Um, Bob called Cal on Monday morning and said, Hey, if you want, I know you want Nick. I know you want to interview Nick. Um, but if you want, if you really, really want Nick, you got to do it now. And Cal, knowing that they had the offer on the table for Omar already, and Omar hasn't accepted it, decided that he was going to put that on hold and wanted to get, get Nick in the building. Um, Bob told Cal that Carolina had an offer on the table for Nick. And if he wanted him, he had to act fast. So Cal and Jack hopped in the plane, flew up to Boston, um, picked up Nick, brought him back to Houston, did their interview with him, and they, they hit him with a contract offer and rescinded theirs from Omar Khan. So Jack knew the potential that he was going to get fired and panicked. And so that's, that's how it unfolded. And that's how we have arrived at Nick Casario being here. Um, so right now it sucks, but it is what it is. I've heard this kind of floater out here a couple of times now. I've heard from Lance Zerline as well, but it seems like Bob Lamont is very, very kind of power hungry and as an agent and he wants to get all of his guys you know a job and a role do you think he's also part of the the big issue or do you think it's mainly just jackie sweepat no i mean bob's doing his job he's looking out for his client's best interest and by getting nick in the building he's prolonging jack's position with the team and he wouldn't have been doing his job if he didn't try to protect Jack. That's why Jack pays him, is to protect him. So Bob was just doing his job. That's fair. That's fair. 
do you think that us pulling the uh, contract from Khan is that going to have negative uh, ramifications on the franchise? Yes and no. I don't think it's going to look bad as far as a. Yeah, it, it looks bad as far as a like you're dealing in bad faith type of thing. That Omar knew and was getting ready to accept the contract and getting ready to come work for this team. Um, and it's kind of like the the Josh McDaniel situation a few years back with the Colts. You know, you've got this offer on the table. Everybody's in agreement. It's going to happen. And then, you know, it's pulled out from underneath them. So, yeah, I think it'll make people a little weary of how things are operating. Um, long term, I don't, I don't think it'll affect anything. Oh, man. Craziness. Well, at least they're not making – they're making our jobs fun, at least, right? I mean, look at all the things we get to talk about. Um, look at all the interactions we get to have with people. I mean, this isn't boring. This isn't us sad sack um, post-mortem on the, on the season. We're not sitting here just complaining about how bad it's the season. At least we have a lot of drama to talk about, you know, if nothing else. All right. Well, I want to say thank you to everyone that's listening. Thank you for John V, Jordan, and Pat for being on the show, as always. I am very grateful for every single one of y'all. And we will see y'all next week.